We're here. We're queer. Get into it. This is Curiosity presented by LGBT Ireland and your Saturday afternoon starts right here. And if you're not listening on a Saturday afternoon, well, we're here to inject some Saturday afternoon energy into your day. I'm James O'Hagan and coming up in the next hour, Podrick and I will be chatting about some of the week's top LGBTQI plus news and entertainment stories in our Rainbow Roundup. Podrick Rice, Policy and Research Manager in LGBT Ireland, will join us to chat about how LGBTQI plus activism is rising to meet the moment following the ILGA Europe conference, which took place at the end of October. Keen Griffin, a.k.a. Instagram's Gail Goree, drops by to tell us about their Movember fundraising event taking place in Street 66 this weekend, including how you can win a portable treadmill. And in Reeling in the Queers, we're heading to the year that Senator David Norris had this to say on an episode of Hanley's People about his experience of being a gay teenager in Ireland in the late 50s and 60s. Well, I think particularly when I was growing up, there was a sense that my youth was ticking away and I had no access to it. Everybody else was going to tennis club dances, to school hops, to debutantes, balls and this kind of thing. And I was completely cut off from that. If I went, I was very much a square peg in a round hole. I was self-conscious, shy and embarrassed. There's also music from Pet Shop Boys and Janet Jackson and I'm back in charge of the mystery song for this week's Reeling in the Queers Bop of the Year. But before we get into that, he's to She-Ra to my He-Man, Podrick Wilson-McCarty. How are you? I'm great, babe. How are you doing? <laughs> I've been sick this week. I'm not going to lie. I know, you told me. I know. Loads and of times. I, I'm so needy when I'm sick. Oh my I God. God. Like man flu. <laughs> not really joking. Do you know what seems to be doing the rounds, does it? No, it really does. Were you, really you doing an out? I, I wasn't so... Like it was more one of those ones where you kind of feel like you're constantly on the edge of being all right, but then the minute you try and start doing anything, yeah. just all of the energy leaves yeah, your body. I know what you mean. And I get, I get a very emotion. I get a very emotionally ill. Like you're, you're lucky you didn't get like a string of texts. Are you sure you don't hate me? Are you sure? Are you? Do you actually? Do you actually? And I wouldn't have tolerated it. <laughs> You'd have been like, like, yes, like, I do. I'd have been like, look, you want to calm down with some of this. I was, I was equally a little bit unwell the day that you text me, but that's because I was at a hen at the weekend. James, do you know what? I'm like. I'm all about celebrating people, but hens just aren't for me. Back to sex segre- segregation, is Ab- it? Absolutely. And I know they always want, they want the, they want the gay. They need the gay to bring the vibes, you know what I mean? 100%. And I knew I was going to be the poster, the poster gay at the hen. But like, do you know what I most about hens, actually? They're kind of like, they're, they're, and I might have said this to you already, they're kind of like funerals for, for people who are alive. <laughs> I get that. You know, I just yeah. found like everyone was sitting around at one point. Now it was, you know, the wee hours in the morning having a drink and then like someone started crying and I was like why are we all crying and it's just like you know we're, we're mourning the death of our single friend I guess I, I mean I certainly have experienced that it does always get to a point where it's, it's that sort of you know communal <laughs> weeping a, yeah. about change yeah. about and that's growing like, older yeah. you, you want some like Sarah McLaughlin to start playing in totally, the background totally it's kinda, that's when you're like right let's call it a day it's time to go to bed and bring on the wedding yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean the old hen is a great way to, to meet other people ahead to go into it but to be honest with you I, I, I have enjoyed going to my friends friends, hens that I've been invited to where they've been like we're bringing the same vibe we have in the friendship which is basically just pints. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm not, I, I've just had, I've had to come to terms with the fact that I'm not really a nightlife gay. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's you know, cancel me now. It's, it's not really something that you're allowed to say but like I'm more of an, an afternoon gay. But look, you don't have to be. You know, you don't have to be. An after, yeah, an afternoon delight. That's what I'd say. Especially on a Saturday at 12pm. Absolutely. Tune in. Tune in. Don't City Re- FM. Wrecked then for the rest of the day. 103.2. <laughs> But anyway, we're going to get into some, some news. Actually. Yeah, we'll get straight into the news this week in the Rainbow Roundup, as oh. we like to call it. And you know what? I'm going to kick it off with some positive news here in Ireland this week as it's announced that 25 LGBTI plus community projects are to be funded under the 2023 LGBTI plus community service 
funding call. The Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth. What a title. Sorry. I know, absolutely. Right? We're just going to call him Minister O'Gorman from now on. <laughs> has announced the projects set to receive the funding. In a statement, the Minister said... I'm delighted to announce a wide range of projects, local and regional, around the country to ensure that every LGBTI plus person in Ireland can avail of important supports and thrive in their community. The funding of nearly one million will enable 25 organisations to support LGBTI plus persons in a range of ways, including health counselling services and celebrating Pride. I mean, it is beautiful. I just whacked the whacked the material off the table. I've never seen it so excited. excited. Are, you getting, are you getting money off him because you're so excited there? I, do you know, I actually am. I I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to be like, yeah, so uh, no, it, it's brilliant that this fund has been set up and it's so it's so exciting that it like gives an opportunity to mm. do new and interesting and innovative new things for within the community. So but the project that, that has been funded that I'm involved in is a partnership between the Irish Hospice Foundation and the All-Ireland Institute of Hospice and Palliative Care, which is going to like explore the needs of queer people people around death, dying, grief and bereavement. And we're going to be putting together a reference group to kind of understand like what are the specific needs and the specific wants of of, of our community in that in that area of life and kind of how we can we ensure that health and social care professionals have an understanding of them and the, the, the general public have an understanding of them. It's I, really exciting. I think that's really interesting. Um, and you've mentioned this, that that was something that you're working on before. And I just think, I think it's such a good idea because I suppose typically when, when death occurs with anyone in in, in in Ireland, you know, it's always the same sort of thing. And 100%. People don't always have the same request that they want to go to a church and they want to do this and that. Yeah. Is that what you're working around? No, absolutely. So we, we've done a number of, of uh, death cafes uh, over the last two years with members of the queer community. And one of the things that have come back is particularly around kind of like like at end of life, celebrations at end of life. And there's a real fear of something that's been labelled pearly gatekeeping, mm. which is death celebrations kind of belong to uh, a particular institution that like that in the main is kind of viewed as being kind of the one way in which you celebrate the okay. end of your life. And there's a real fear for members of our community that those institutions may not necessarily see our identity as being something that's important or that our identity might get lost in the celebration of our death. And older queer people in particular who are kind of like maybe coming closer to that sort of part of their life are are kind of trying to say, well, look, we want to make sure we can set the tone. We're the first generation who came out and lived out in our communities, Mm. the first generation to have had families or to to kind of have been visible in society. So we want to make sure that that visibility continues beyond and into into the way we celebrate our death and our identities are remembered. So it's one of my favourite bits of my job that I work on which is weird for something about death and so morbid but yeah, look, I know. here we are it's like you're an undertaker <laughs> exactly that's it's it ju- but I definitely think there's room for us to have more conversation about this you know what I mean yeah no absolutely absolutely brilliant um Unfortunately, look, I'm going to bring bring the tone a little bit down. Not such good news. We're heading over to Nigeria now for our next story. I think we've mentioned some of this before, but um, basically activists in Nigeria are condemning mass LGBTQ arrests which have been going on. They've been accusing authorities of abusing Nigeria's Same-Sex Marriage Prohibition Act to arrest suspected members of the community based on assumptions rather than solid evidence. Basically, look, homosexuality is punishable by 14 years in prison are under Sharia law death and gay marriage same-sex relationships and gay rights um, are also illegal right but in recent weeks there has been a notable spike in the amount of I suppose mass arrests and what these activists are saying is that you know a lot of the time there is there is no evidence that you know they've been doing anything actually against the law and that it's actually just been a t- targeted arrests and people are being falsely uh, accused and I think that this is one of the the most sinister parts of a lot of these like laws that are brought in to kind of like prohibit particular parts of of an individual's expression is that they get used 
used in ways that they're not intended for. So obviously, when this initial like when 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 homosexuality was initially criminalized and the you know the, there was a, a criminalization around or or sort of um, of of same sex marriage, it's now being used in order to target people and to 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 bully people basically in society and make people less visible yeah. and create a fear of being out. And it is it, it's shocking to hear that. And hopefully, you know, the international community can come together and kind of put some pressure. Yeah, I think that's what it what what you know is the first step actually. You know what I mean? It needs to it needs to be. I think the story needs to be known. You know, yeah. Like absolutely. I was I was looking at some examples and they're horrific. Like you know, there was there was a birthday party where seventy six people were arrested and they um apparently the authorities said that they were it was actually not a birthday party that it was it was a marriage it was going to be a, yeah. a wedding and everyone at the party was like no it's it's not. There was another one where there was two hundred people arrested and they were actually paraded through the streets in front of like the media and basically made a fool of. So Humiliated. not only are they not only are they being um are they being arrested they're being publicly humiliated, humiliated. and yeah no absolutely totally. awful, awful awful our next story is something I think we're going to continue to see over the next few weeks right and it's basically a number of organisations that provide services to the LGBT community um, along with activists and LGBT people are now making decisions to leave X formerly Twitter yeah, so I, I saw that during the week that Belong To, yeah. uh, Anthony Belong To's CEO, Nina Griffith, had made an announcement that they had they had left the, the platform. And I think that it's because, you know, since uh, since the, the platform was, was taken over uh, last year, earlier this year, God even knows when it was, by mm. Elon Musk, there has been a loosening and a, la- a sort of a loosening of, of some of the, the safety nets that were in place to ensure that, you know, people from minority communities were not targeted or could not be bullied. And I suppose Belong To in particular have faced a huge onslaught of, yeah. of, of hate and aggression on that platform so I absolutely commend them I think it's a brilliant decision mm. it's a brave decision in a me- in, in, in a world where kind of like your capital is kind of where your social media sort of presence can be an enormous part of your capital totally. to decide to step away but absolutely the right thing to do and I think does need to be modelled by other organisations I, th- I think it's you know in a way it's a shame because I think that a lot of these like online social platforms particularly I suppose early days Twitter and Tumblr they were a space where queer people could go and yeah. th- that might have, been the, might have been the only interaction that some queer people have with other queer people yeah, do you absolutely. know they were, they were seen as kind of safer spaces it's obviously gone the the, the totally opposite way Elon Musk is to blame. He came out this week. Did you see this where he said that yeah. that cis was a slur now? I, and I thought that, I think there's a there's a an LGBTQ activist, Ari Drennan, maybe the name, who I, basically said yes, that this. the reason that people are saying that cis is a slur is because they use trans as a slur. And I think that's an interesting way to kind of look at it. Like it's around the sort of the way that language is being being used and weaponized. And, and to be honest with you, though, I mean, quite beyond the 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 way in which different words may be used on the platform, just as a queer person existing online at the moment, you are constantly witnessing people. Say horrific things about you and people like you, and it just is very difficult. So I think the right thing to do is sometimes to exclude yourself yeah. from that um, from that conversation. Well, last story: the Welsh government has outlined plans to redefine the definition of women so that trans women are included. Okay, a draft of the Welsh government's gender quotas bill proposes that plans for a gender balanced Senate by having equal quotas for male and female political con- candidates. What does this mean? Basically, the Senate is the Welsh Parliament, okay? And they have this new draft, the, the, a new draft, I suppose, where they want to make it 50-50 women and, and men in Parliament. And under this new legislation, um, trans women will be included for the first time as being women. I, I just think that's really Which good. Which is great. I, and I think that like when you, you hear so much noise happening around the the world on these issues you do see changes like this happening and it kind of is reassuring. Totally. Kind of like, oh, and progress is still being made. And I know look, it's Wales <laughs> it's small but like people could take lead from them now. Yeah, Their First Minister Mark Drakeford he's been known to be very pro-trans um, and is forever I suppose 
pushing for trans rights in yeah. the Senate. So more of that is what I say. Good on you, Mark. Good on you, Mark. So that's all the news for this week, James. But stay with us because we're going to be talking to Porter Grice, another Cork native gay, might I add, <laughs> uh, from LGBT Ireland about the ILGA Europe annual conference that took place this week. And in Reading in the Queers, James is taking us aboard his favourite mode of transport. The hot tub time machine. <laughs> the hot tub time machine. <laughs> to take us back to the year that the Pet Shop Boys went number one with this sorry, not sorry banger about reconciling being gay with Catholic guilt. It's It's a Sin on Curiosity. Amidst a complex and changing historical moment for the LGBTQI plus community, in late October, representatives of LGBTQI plus organisations working all across Europe and Central Asia came together in Slovene- Slovenian capital Ljubljana uh, for ILGA Europe's annual conference. The programme revolved around resilience, solidarity and cohesion towards shared goals, leaving no one behind. Joining us now to talk about the conference's LGBT Ireland's policy and research manager, Podrick Grace. Thank you for coming on to Curiosity, Podrick. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we just nab you in from the office. Uh, so first off, for people who may not be kind of familiar with, with ILGA, what is ILGA and what exactly do they do? Yeah, so ILGA is a global organisation that works on LGBT rights around the world. And then ILGA Europe is the, the European part of that organisation. So it's made up of 700 organisations from 54 countries spanning Europe and Central Asia. And their role is to, to advocate at a European level, mm-hmm. so with the European Union, with the Council of Europe, um, and then also just to bring everybody together for shared learning, um, for conferences, for education, and so we can all kind of campaign together. So it kind of serves a few different functions. Um, and then once a year, we all gather together for an annual conference. Uh, and as you said, this year we were in Slovenia, in Ljubljana um, for our gathering. What, what, why is it important for LGBT Ireland and, and other LGBT organisations to be linked in this in this sort of way and have those annual annual conferences where they can go and and discuss things and and whatever else? Yeah, like I think I think this this movement isn't just an Irish movement; it's a global movement, and, and our campaigns for equality for LGBTQI plus people is not just one that has to happen in Ireland; it has to happen around the world, and we need to have uh, show solidarity and support for people from from all countries. So. It's really important that we get together to support each other um, and also then to share information, share learnings, share updates, because all of our different countries are at different stages of progress. Um, Mm -hmm. Some countries have moved uh, quite far ahead in terms of LGBT human rights and policy protections, uh, and then other countries are are kind of behind. So we come together where we can kind of share these learnings, update each other, what's working, what hasn't worked, where people are struggling, how do we support each other um, and how do we just make the world a better place yeah, of course. Um, and all together. You're campaigning, I suppose, for a common goal as well. So I suppose people can work off each other. Absolutely. And we have, yeah, we have shared kind of objectives and things that we want to achieve. Um, one of the things that ILGA Europe does every year is this thing called the Rainbow Map. So they look at all of the countries um, within within the organisation and they rank them. So they look at in terms of do you have marriage equality or not? Do you have hate crime legislation or not? And then they give you a score and a ranking. Um, so that makes it really easy for us to see what and um, where the gaps are in different countries, what where, where we position compared to other countries. So in that ranking, um, Ireland is ranked 16th. Um, we were 15th for a long time and okay. we slipped back one is this, place. Is this across the whole globe? No, this is just in, in Europe. Europe. Um, so this is of the 54 countries in Europe and Central Asia. Um, 
we were ranked uh, 16th uh, down one place in the previous year uh, and at the top of the league is Malta um, yeah. so that's just in terms of the like the, the law and the human rights yeah. protections that are in place you, you think we're doing so well don't yeah. you? and then you hear you're, well, that we're 16th we are because that's one of the things I know there's been conversations before about the fact that the the, the, the rainbow map is quite black and white in the mm. way it looks and things and sort of maybe it doesn't take into account that kind of felt sense of safety Absolutely. so is that that's one of the the things that people need to challenge within mm. that yeah so, so if you if you talk to the campaigners from Malta they will they will challenge you and say it actually doesn't feel like Malta is the best place okay, to be LGBT in Europe but on paper or in terms of the law so that's why it's important to do the other pieces so the, the, the human rights pieces and the legislation the pieces that I work on are really important but then it's but the other pieces that, that the other parts of our organisation and others work on are really important like the helplines the support the working with healthcare the working with older people the working with, with youth so that people's day to day lives how they feel in school how they feel in hospital yeah. how they feel out in public that's really important that's for us. into consideration as well. I suppose yeah. that's something you don't think about. Yeah. So it's about doing both sides of that kind of work. So the legislation is important and it matters, but then you also have to bring society with you. And sometimes if you pass a new law, it can move society along. Mm. But sometimes that other work is deeper, longer, and it takes yeah. more time. Yeah. And it, it's more kind of relationship between people and... The, the theme actually of the, the, the conference this year, Rising to Meet the Moment, kind of speaks to that, like that that exact sort of thing of kind of like rising to meet this moment of social kind of challenges for, for members of the, the queer community. So what were some of the, the most compelling ideas or actions proposed about how we can respond to, to this current environment for, for the queer community? And also, is it also being felt around Europe that sort of this slight pullback mm-hmm. uh, for, for members of the queer community? Yeah, there's no doubt that the pushback isn't just in Ireland. It's happening right across Europe and right across the world, unfortunately. Um, There are increasingly people who are campaigning against queer rights um, and we're we're all feeling it. Um, It is a a connected global um, far-right movement in some cases, but others who will oppose um, rights and protections. Um, So it's definitely being felt right across Europe. And and Ilga's annual report last year said that last year was the most violent year for LGBTQ people in Europe in a decade. So it's, it's yeah, it's certainly not just an Irish issue. It's, it's certainly um, happening in other countries. And one of the real themes that came out of the, the conference was around like not being blown off course, like not allowing these forces to distract us, to for us to take our eye off the ball and not allowing them to, to stop us from doing the work that we want to do. Um, and I think that was a really important kind of message to say like, People may oppose us, but what we're doing is good and it is right and we need to continue and we need to continue to advocate for our communities and we need to continue to push ahead um, with the kind of things that we'd like to see. Like in an Irish context, we've been working on hate crime legislation. Mm-hmm. Some people oppose that, we, but we can't allow their opposition to stop us doing what needs to happen um, and in terms of all of the other areas that we're working on. So it was really important to, to just think about that um, and then how, how you do that um, and how we do that together and how we kind of work together to, to ensure that we have that kind of that solidarity, that support, that organisations are working in partnership. And one of the great things for me was just working with the other Irish NGOs. So there was representations there from Tenny, from Belong To, from Shout Out, um, from other organisations from Intersex Ireland. Um, and just being there together and networking and understanding mm-hmm. their organisations and even just those side conversations mm-hmm. about how can we work together how can we partnership on this issue when an idea came up being like oh we could bring that home how do we do that together um, even just side meetings I had a meeting with um, the new CEO of the Rainbow Project in Northern Ireland and talking about our kind of our shared work between Northern Ireland and the mm-hmm. Republic of Ireland so sometimes these conferences can be really good week away to 
even work in your own work in, mm-hmm. at home, but also the European piece as well. And it'll be interesting to know, I suppose, the, we have just had a, or we are likely to soon have a change in uh, in regime in Poland, which will sort of thankfully move away from kind of the, the more anti-LGBT uh, sentiment of the, the last one. Was there a sense of kind of, I suppose, positivity about that as like a, a, a green shoots maybe starting to show of kind of people kind of pushing away from the, the, the negativity that's emerged over the last number of years. Yeah, absolutely. Just even talking to the Polish activists, you, you can get a sense of relief um, because what they've experienced for the last number of years has been horrific. There's been councils passing and creating what they called like LGBT free zones where yeah. LGBT people weren't even welcome to exist. Um so there's definitely a, a sense of relief uh, and many of them had been involved in the in the campaigns um, for the change of government. Um, but that election is really important in a European context. It, it doesn't just impact on Poland, it impacts on the wider um, EU in particular because Poland, together with Hungary, have been opposing many of the things that we'd like to see progressed and they've been threatening to veto things like recognising family rights across Europe. Mm-hmm. We've been Poland and Hungary have been some of the countries who've been threatening to oppose these things. Um, so now that we've had a change in, in government in or we're soon to have hopefully a change in government in Poland, um, Hungary becomes more isolated and there's less opposition to progress and that then changes the dynamic in a European context where things that were being blocked suddenly become possible again and we may see progress on some of these issues which is um, which is really great and um, so not just for the people of Poland but the people of, people of all of the EU. Um, so there is there is those those moments of hope and um, mm-hmm. And, and particularly when you see a significant change like that, it does tend to have a ripple effect in the region, it does tend to impact on other countries um, and their politics. We even see this in, in Ireland and UK when, when when the politics changes in the UK, it sometimes changes here. Yeah. We're seeing that with the gender debate. Many of the, the kind of things that are said about trans people in the UK are now kind of creeping into the, the media reports the, here yeah, as well. And there is that kind of leaking of politics from one country mm. to the next. Um, Especially when they're closely linked. Yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. Mm. Um, so, with regards to I suppose some of the some of the, the actions that were being talked about, like, is there anything that you're taking back very much to be like, well, I'm going to start. This is something that I feel like we need to start working on. And within your role more generally, like, what are the the major issues, and how could perhaps people who are listening to this kind of positively impact that 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 movement towards inclusivity for our community? Yeah. So. LGBT Ireland has set our strategic goal to be the best place in Europe to be LGBTQI plus within five years. So we're not short on ambition in our, in our desire to work. No. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier about that rainbow map. So what we want to do is we want to move up those rankings. So instead of slipping back, we want to push ahead and get to the top of those rankings. And we want it both in terms of the law that we talked about, but also the felt sense of what it feels like to be to be queer in Ireland at this time. So there are a number of things that need to happen in order for us to get up those rankings, in particular in terms of the laws that need to be passed and the human rights that need to be put in place. Um, I've Earlier today, I've just had a, a meeting around the ban on conversion therapies or conversion practices. Mm. Um, we want to see that outlawed and banned so that nobody is subjected to horrific, horrendous um, attempts to change their gender or mm. their sexual orientation. That's been shown by Research in Trinity to have a really damaging effect on yeah. people's mm. sense of themselves, their self-worth, their mental health. And we want uh, the government to pass a law to say that is not acceptable in Ireland. Um, and we're really hopeful that that's going to come into force next year and that will then help us move up those rankings and it'll be a really important protection. I also mentioned about, about the hate crime legislation. So where 
somebody is assaulted or attacked and the motivation for that attack is hate-based. So they hate somebody because of their religion, because of their skin colour, because of their sexual orientation. We want to see that hate recognised in the criminal proceedings so that somebody would not just be charged with hate, or with, sorry, with, with assault, it would be a hate-motivated assault. Mm-hmm. And that the hate element is captured so that we can start to tackle hate crimes and reduce hate crimes. Um, and there is a bill currently before the Senate um, in terms of hate crime and hate mm-hmm. speech um, and I'm working as part of a wider coalition, the Coalition Against Hate Crime, um, with a large group of organisations um, trying to get that new law put in place. And we're really hopeful. Um, it's about 70% of the way there. So mm-hmm. we've, we've made really good progress. Yeah, and we just need to get it over the line. Um, and we're really hopeful we'll see a little bit more progress before Christmas and hopefully get it over the line sometime next year. So that's, that's another really important piece. Another area that, that I work on, in, in particular with Irish Gay Dads and Equality for Children, together with LGBT Ireland is the area of family rights. Sometimes we call them rainbow families about getting full family rights. And we may think all of these issues are solved, but they're not. There's still gaps in the law in terms of joint parental recognition for parents. Um, And even things like surrogacy laws, like there's ways to go in terms of family rights, family formation rights, um, reproductive rights. um, And we're, we're working on those. And then another area, so there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> my God, you're flat out. Sorry, now flat out. <laughs> we're, we're working with, um, with Tenny and Belong To Then in terms of trans rights and we've got a coalition yeah. called Trans Equality Together. Yes, love it's, it. It's interesting, I mean, the way these things all kind of weave together because you are right, people can sort of, particularly if you're not within the, the community, you can look at things that are kind of black and white and perhaps you saw marriage equality as this kind of full stop moment. But it's about how, it's about how your identity interacts with every part of your life, like whether that's your family, whether that's your community, whether that's going you know, to your ability to kind of, you know, make friends or, 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 or meet people. So it is like, it's 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 complex. I believe we're going to get to number one in Europe. Yeah, I believe it's, it. the <laughs> it's the only place for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Podrick, thanks so much for, for, for coming in to chat to us today. Um, if people want to support the work of LGBT Ireland, is there anything that you would say, go and do this or want to even kind of get, like start uh, trying to influence the way that some of these bills are, are, are moving their way? through the yeah like I think a really easy way to support our work is to make a donation um, a lot of our, our work is funded by donations from people in the community so they can support our work and our campaigns by, by making a simple donation um, and you can do that on Revolut now um, I can do it on the website um, we often look, we're looking for volunteers for our helpline so somebody in particular feels like that would be a good fit for them of, of listening to people um, they could volunteer with the LGBT the National LGBT helpline um, or else they could just support our campaigns online um, or reach out to us directly if you've got a particular interest or a particular expertise and, and you want to share that and we're always open to people um, getting involved uh, in the different campaigns and the different um, initiatives we have underway That's brilliant Thanks so much well, for coming thanks in Thanks so much Cheers. Thanks for having us Movember is the leading charity changing the face of men's health with its annual facial hair-based fundraising and awareness event taking place annually with a focus on men's mental and physical health issues. Joining us today to talk to, to talk about questionable facial hair, good intentions and Movember is Kian Griffin, the Gaelgory. How are you? Not too bad. How are we? <laughs> questionable <laughs> facial hair is definitely... <laughs> I hate how I look right now. I haven't been clean shaven in so long. It's such a weird thing to look at. Did you have to wait until the last minute to shave it all off? I literally <laughs> shaved it on the first at like about 11 o'clock at night because I was like oh I hate this I hate this I hate this You're looking very infant babe It is baby I'm, face I'm, baby thank face. you <laughs> Anyway Kian, so you're working with Mo- for Movember this year right do you want to tell us a little bit about why you wanted to get involved with the campaign 
Yeah, so I've been an ambassador with Movember for like three or four years, but I've never really done anything big. And this year I was like, okay, I need to do something super camp because I think mental health is something I try to tackle on my pages as well as masculinity, which is a massive like sub pillar of men's mental health within mm-hmm. Movember. Like yeah. what it means to be a man. Yeah, yeah. And like, I wanted to do something that catches people's eyes, but is also like true to my brand. So walking in heels, what what more do you want? <laughs> I know, I think that's so, that's a, a really good point because that you hit, hit there with the whole masculinity thing. Yeah. Because I think it's so great that you, you like you, you are an ambassador for them. Uh, but also, I don't want to like give you an insult, but like you're anti-masculine because you're walking in heels, like you yeah. know what I mean, which is brilliant, but obviously. I, and I think that that's like one of the like Movember has like typically been kind of associated with around cancer screening and sort of has moved and expanded its focus into like suicide prevention and what it means to be a man and masculinity. Today. So why is that important to you, and why does it resonate with you? I mean, aside from the obvious reason that like being a, a gay man means that you already are sort of like triggered by masculinity. Yeah, um, I think. <laughs> Honestly, after COVID, um, Belong to released a survey on like queer mental health. And I actually wrote down because I couldn't remember this. Um, 90% of Irish LGBT youth struggle with their mental health. And out of that, 50% don't feel comfortable speaking up. So a huge part of what I try to do is like be open about my struggles. Um, he says laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you didn't laugh, though. If you like, didn't laugh, you've done laugh, you cry. And you do, not you do that really well, though, in fairness. Like you do do it really well that you do laugh at yourself, in, you know, in a, in, a, in a way that, like, people, I suppose, can... Don't, I don't want to say enjoy your content oh, when you're do. speaking about your mental health, but they do. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I read a statement from November, which, honestly, every time I hear it, I'm like, that can't be right. A man dies by suicide globally every 60 seconds. So wow. by the time... Oh God, I've, I've started into a sentence that's going to require maths. <laughs> but by the end of this Girl podcast, maths. like that's like 10 No, I, I know yeah. when you... Which is when you, crazy. And when you put it into the context of that and then like the knock-on effect of that with regards to families and, yeah. and, and, and parents and all the rest of it, like it's a huge... It's, it's got a huge knock-on effect, a ripple effect out from that. You're obviously doing this amazing event on Sunday... Um, yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about the event and what you're hoping to get from from the event? Yeah, so in Street 66 from 2pm, I will be walking on a treadmill in <laughs> heels. <laughs> I have done practice runs. I am dreading it. <laughs> my calves my calves were on fire after like a 10 minute practice. So three hours in total is going to be difficile. But I've got a few <laughs> friends helping me out. I've got a second treadmill, so I've bullied my friends into doing it <laughs> who I'm going to be interrogating during that on their mental health and what it means to be a man. And I guess I've got some cool guys. Jack Swift, like, sorry. Sorry. Wow. I'm, I'm doing it for him. Like. I haven't seen Jack. I haven't laid eyes on Jack Swift in the flesh like yet. I've met him once on a night out and I, I was... Can. I can <laughs> Yeah, I was like... Ah! Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going to have to try to be professional. But like, even what he does... At that age, being so unapologetic about who you are yeah. and being so... Yeah. He is such a role model for young queer people, I think. So kind of amplifying my guests' own presence and what they do as well is really important. But yeah, 15k in a day. There'll be a panel talk, there'll be drag queens. And so someone will have the opportunity to win a treadmill. Is that going to be the treadmill that you'll have destroyed by walking on it for three hours in heels? <laughs> so Street 66 kindly donated a second treadmill. Amazing. Um, so that's the one that's going to be raffled off. It's not going to be raffled off until the end of the month, probably. So I can get... Um, more money. We, yeah, more money. Dead right. That's what it's all about, though, isn't it, really? Like, in fairness, yeah. And actually, how, how can people get involved? Obviously, you can come along. Where, what, like, What's the story with the actual event and how can people continue to donate to right the end of the month? And when will we be getting like a, a Tash reveal? 
Tash Reveal TBC. <laughs> <laughs> That's dramatic for anyone involved. Um, I'd be afraid that mine wouldn't grow. That's my thing. Sorry. <laughs> mine is going to look oh, like I've done it before. It looked like bum fluff on my face. It was disgusting. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that too bad? It's, it's sad. Um, um, what was the question? What, oh yeah, how to get involved. So 2pm till 6pm in Street 66 on Sunday the 5th or 6th, whatever day that is. 6th. Yeah. So Sunday the 6th. 5th. Sun- Sunday the 5th. Sunday the 5th. <laughs> Sunday the 5th. That's what I said. Um, yeah, come, there'll be like, I'll be having conversations with friends. There'll be a panel talk about being gay in sport and then there'll be drag performances. But if you do want to donate, head to my Instagram, Gail Gorey, link in bio, and you can donate for every 25 euro donation you get entered into the raffle to win the treadmill and live your dev ski and fantasy with the little <laughs> <laughs> it's the, one of those under the under the table oh, I love wow. it that's the reason I'm doing this is so I, I have it. a little fashion <laughs> run away in my room brilliant listen Keen, best of luck with it thank, thank you, you so much, much. Do you ever get tired of that music? No, I never do. No, oh my god! I love that it's your week and not mine because <laughs> I'm just sitting back now and I'm oh, like, I can't wait. I, last, last week, I just, I, I just kicked back. I just listened <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. I was like, and also even like the the bop of the year was so obvious that I was like, I don't even need to try for this. I don't even need to reach for this. Want to be with the Spice Girls? Please. <laughs> I know, but wasn't it worth it though? It absolutely was. I know. So have I? I haven't. I haven't told you where where we're going this week. No, you haven't. But I'm dying to know. <laughs> And you know what? It's probably better off because I was I was during the week. I was like, I've lost so many. I've lost the last time now, and you won won twice. So I w- I would have looked up every song. Yeah, you I would have just listened the entire yeah. playlist. I would have well, looked anything that was queer that year. Yeah, Spotify. This is nineteen eighty seven. We're okay. we're we're flying back to. You know what, James? I've always wanted to know what it was like to be alive in nineteen eighty seven, and I'm sure you're going to tell I me. I can absolutely <laughs> tell you now. I at that time was a a a a, a rambunctious five year old living just okay. outside of. Of, of Dublin uh, so I wasn't engaged in world uh, world politics or what was going on so it was learned a bit myself okay. now the reason I picked the 1987 was because I believe one of the most significant moments of the year was David Norris was elected to the Senate where he's remained to this day he was elected alongside Mary Robinson who was entering her final term in the Senate and he used his early years to advocate particularly on the need to provide yeah. better care for members of the queer community who were suffering hugely during the AIDS epidemic so it's it sort of it's a it, he was the first I believe the first like out politician De- um, must and have been absolutely and had been like an advocate and an activist for the queer community a, a over huge years. voice like he is one of the ones that you always see in reading in the years on TV absolutely. isn't it and he's always speaking out for, for rights at a time where you couldn't do it no absolutely and he I, I mean he used his platform to like really kind of like forcefully speak out because obviously at the time in, in Ireland it was moderately changing but there still was like a very sort of like heavily controlled Catholic ethos in the country at the time there was a, a, a sense of like a very right and wrong way of doing things and that was dictated from yeah. a kind of you know the, the, the pulpit age and so he this was particularly creating an issue around the beginnings of the AIDS epidemic because at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic the main piece of advice that you could give to people around how to keep themselves safe was to be ensuring that they were having safe sex and they were using condoms but the Catholic hierarchy put out a statement on AIDS in which they said that the spread of AIDS in Ireland was rooted in drug and sex abuse and that the promotion of condoms would only further encourage permissiveness and the spread 
spread of the disease. So David Nara said that that was regrettable and contemptible and spoke out about the fact the need to, to really rectify that because so many people then will not have had access to yeah. the one thing that could have protected them in Absol- this crisis. Exactly, there you go. Like, you know, and of course, no one was listening to him. Everyone was listening to where they shouldn't have been listening to him. Yeah, exactly. People were... Now, obviously, there there was enough kind of, you know, momentum behind that to gradually begin to change this. Yeah. And, you know, he did speak out as well against uh, the... Uh, some of the, the more questionable um, the, some of the more questionable ways in which members of the, the gay community were treated at that time mm-hmm. so apparently at that time if you were applying for insurance you would have to answer a questionnaire which included whether you had ever had an AIDS test and if you answered yes to that regardless of what the uh, regardless of whether it was positive or negative you just would not be considered for an insurance policy As- like health insurance, yeah, health insurance, driving insurance, what? house insurance, life any insurance, insurance, any at insurance all? at all. So that is, and it didn't obscene. matter. It did not matter whether it was a positive test or a negative. Not that it. Should, I mean, now we've so further on for just that it shouldn't the matter. Fa- the regardless. fact that you had to go for a test yeah. in the first place, just the fact that you had to go for a test. So obviously oh that had a God. massively negative impact on health seeking behaviours because people would be avoiding going for any kind of a test or anything, putting themselves in a situation like that, so that they wouldn't potentially have these yeah. kind of pitfalls. Now towards the end of that year and AIDS really dominated the global conversation Mm. around the queer community at the end of that year the Health Education Bureau ran like a rather tepid AIDS awareness campaign uh, trying to strike a balance between the public health needs and the the sort of strict Catholic ethos at the time but over in the UK they went full throttle for it with what has probably gone down in history as one of the most sort of ubiquitous kind of uh, images of the time when they ran their uh, monolith campaign campaign about the end of AIDS. We have a little or about the, the AIDS campaign. We have a, a short snippet from that to, to listen to now. So far it's been confined to small groups but it's spreading. So protect yourself and read this leaflet when it arrives. If you ignore AIDS it could be the death of you. So don't die of ignorance. So Sorry, what was that? I know. It's like giving it, like horror. Giving Castlevania, honestly. Yeah. Like it is you know obviously going to create a, like a whip up an enormous amount of fear around what is this disease like if you think back to the beginning stages of COVID the like anxiety yeah, and, that's, uh, that, do you know what I, and I probably shouldn't be comparing them at all but like that's what it kind of it's a scaremongering yeah. isn't it no absolutely so I suppose globally AIDS was the, the number one topic when it came to the queer community sure. ACT UP was founded in March 1987 that's the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power Unleash Power, which I had no idea that's what that's yeah. good for it was founded in, in New York and became a prominent activist organization organisation uh, looking for the rights and healthcare of people living with HIV and AIDS. They, in 1987, also released their kind of most ubiquitous uh, campaign, which was the Silence Equals Death campaign that many people, mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, you still see that Silence yeah. Equals Death yeah. uh, coming uh, coming up against, uh, or as a symbol of that community's fight against um, AIDS. Over the road in the UK, things were not going great. I'll be honest with yeah. you. Now, 1987, is there was a, is it ever? I'm going to be, good? Co- I mean, people are going to think that I'm anti-British because <laughs> you know, I'm always We're rich. not. They I'm just not. make some questionable yeah, choices sometimes. We love them otherwise. Uh, 1987, the Conservative Party under the leadership of Margaret Thatcher were uh, oh. in their election campaign. We, we love to see it. <laughs> they issued attack posters claiming that the Labour Party wanted books promoting homosexuality read in classes and I think it is, you know, they, they, uh, what they were talking about how these particular books were depicting brightly coloured pictures of stick men showing about how homosexuality was done explicitly describing homosexual homosexual intercourse and glorifying it and encouraging youngsters to believe that it was a better way of sexual life and 
I mean, where have we heard that yeah, now? I mean, it is come on. <laughs> it is like it's like the playbook. It's, it's like it's repeating. It's like history is repeating itself. It really is like history That's is history crazy. Is but look, a couple of minutes left. So I'm we, like here with my mouth wide open. I like, know. Aghast. Yeah. Aghast. Before we get, we'll we'll get into some more of the lighter, the lighter stuff. So in music that year, Aretha Franklin became the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Queen. Which is absolute queen. And you may think it's disgraceful that she was the first woman inducted, but it had only been created the year before. So, oh, you know. Oh yeah, okay. Good. Not too bad. It didn't do too badly no, so, because usually they wait for a couple, they're like, no, let the they, women let off. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the women can, can head off side. Good but no, them. so Aretha Franklin became the first one. Deserved. You uh, two released The Joshua Tree, which I believe is is absolutely their their most stunt like they're <laughs> I probably, don't like I believe I believe because you haven't a clue because I don't either no. I thought that was new no, the Joshua Tree yeah no honestly I, it is one of the the images in my like my parents had that and they played it to death I okay. remember was it the streets have no names where they were performing on the top of that building is that from that with or without ago? you yeah and with or without you too yeah. You too, no, no pun intended. That's crazy. But the oh year's God, biggest God, hit. It just goes to show, sorry now, that like it's long-standing good music. No, I know. Absolutely. Bono, the, we love you. The years, <laughs> I'm not sure if we do. The year's biggest hit, can you guess what it was? Uh, in 1987. Yeah. <laughs> Something by Whitney, I guess. Well, I will always love you. Not quite. Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles. Second there you to go. Living on a Pair by Bon Jovi. Okay, well, do you know what? I I, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. And on December 29th, 1987, current pop diva, uh, princess of our lives, Kylie Minogue, released her very first song, I Should Be So Lucky. Oh, well, and what a, ba- do what a what? banger it was. If, if, if we write 1987 on anything, it's that. I know, absolutely. Unbelievable. Now, I mean, it, it, it very much, it smacks of it. Now, quickly to get into the movies, <laughs> Moonstruck was released, giving Cher uh, the, the performance that gave her first article, uh, or first, her, her first, maybe only Oscar, and Dirty Dancing. And in television, it was a big year for animation. The Simpsons first appeared on the Tracy Ullman show, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and DuckTales, where iconic Scrooge McDuck was swimming along his fortune and on the 22nd of September 1987 Zig and Zag two extraterrestrials from the planet Zog made their very first appearance on Dempsey's Den and the rest is her story the rest is her story do you know what I wonder like when we look back on like now nowadays are we ever going to have that much stuff I don't talk know about? it'll just be all Cardi B that was yeah <laughs> And, and I ain't complaining. <laughs> Not at all. Um, now, a couple of other... Uh, oh, Eurovision. I know that... I was waiting for you to yeah. say it. Go on. So, 1987. As an expert, do you know how we did, who we had, what we, we how we performed 1987? Was it a Johnny Logan? It was a Johnny Logan. What's another year? No. Hold me now. Hold me now. We I'm 50-50. We had, I know, we had victory in, uh, in Brussels uh, for the second time with his own composition, Hold Me Now. A couple of other little tidbits. Now, this is something I'm sure is going to mean absolutely nothing to you. But Stephen Roach became the first Irish man to win the Tour de France, prompting Charlie Hawhey to head off to Paris to celebrate and every single school student in the entire country to suddenly be like, I need to get a bike so that I can be the next Stephen Roach. It's like, <laughs> I move over. Megan is the next Stephen Roach. Move over, I Packy Bonner. It. You're out the window. <laughs> and last but not least of my little tidbits, Harry Hamlin was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year. Who is he? Well, if you are a fan of The Real Housewives of Fra- Beverly Hills, Fra- you, will know, searching a pick. You, will, you will know him as the husband of the iconic Lisa Rinna. Oh, no way. Him? Yep, absolutely. Oh my, I, do you know what? I see it. No, he hasn't aged today. <laughs> An icon, a legend. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was our quick, our quick stop. I was going to ask you if you have any memories of 1987, but sure, you weren't born. I, no, I wasn't. I, w- I wasn't even thought about. It was. It was. It was. A, it was a good couple of years after that before it became the biggest mistake that my parents never regretted. <laughs> oh, 
Absolutely. But now we're going to move on to what is, I, I would say, my favourite part of the show when I'm in control of it. <sighs> yeah, okay. See, okay. I'm, I, like, oh, oh come on. <laughs> well, no. I just hate uh, being made a fool of. First of all, because we, we will be saying, we'll say our goodbyes. We'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll say goodbye to the to the beautiful listeners. Thank yes. you so much for joining us Thank on this journey. Thank you so it's much, been everyone. Really, it's been, exp- it's, it, this journey has, has meant a lot to me. And yeah. as much as it's meant to you, Podrick, I'm sure of, as well. Of course. There's nothing better. <laughs> There's nothing better. But if you want to engage with the show, come along and say hello to us. You can check us out over on our Instagram at Curiosity Radio. Yeah, Curiosity Radio, all one word. Absolutely. And don't forget, we are, um, we are supported by LGBT Ireland. So if you want to, or if you know anyone who needs support or assistance or anything, you can contact LGBT Ireland on the National Helpline on 1800 539. Podrick, where can people come and bother you? My Instagram handle, of course, Podrick underscore WMC. Please come over. I always love having a bit of crack. People are such good crack, you know that? They are. They bring absolutely over, are. Bring over the good vibes, leave the bad vibes somewhere else, I don't know, on Twitter or something. <laughs> absolutely, leave the bad vibes yeah. on Twitter. And I'm James O underscore Hagen, and you can come and say hello to me. We love or, an underscore, don't we? Uh, we do, we do. We love an underscore. I mean, should <laughs> underrated underscore. It's just because we're so, we're so, we're so, we weren't original enough to get our original yeah, names. I know. Gonna, anyway, anyway. Okay, so now oh, I'm going to cover this up because I almost gave you a view of it. A few times today now, people have been like, don't look in here and I'm like oh my god am I getting a present <laughs> like, am I getting oh my god it's my nomination for the Imrose next year <laughs> you're getting the gift of knowledge yeah okay so first clue right this is the third single from the singer's second studio album and their sixth consecutive number one on the Billboard Hot 100 this chart placing put her at a three way tie with the Beatles and the Bee Gees for most consecutive number ones okay and I'm thinking 1987 so I'm trying to think who's big is it Madonna I'm not going to tell you Oh, okay. okay. Oh, oh, you can't even give me a little hint. Well, look, you're in 50, the right... 50. You're in the I'm, right... Okay, you can be my phone and friend, Megan, okay? Sure thing, pal. <laughs> like, I don't think she has my back at all, but anyway. She likes to see me suffer in sweat. Cool. Okay, ch- clue number two. I asked ChatGPT to give me the meaning of the song lyrics into a single sentence. And its sentence was... This song's lyrics describe the overwhelming and electrifying impact of love, surging like a powerful force, leaving the singer in a state of intense longing and desire. That, Wait, is it Whitney Houston? You're in and around. I'm, okay, go on. Sorry, I, I the, forgot you're going to tell me anything. I would have told you straight away. <laughs> so okay, unfair. The last clue, you're absolutely going to get this. Okay. In 2017, this song soundtracked what is considered by many to be the most iconic moment of modern mainstream gay culture. Okay, I know. It's Whitney Houston. <laughs> absolutely. It's the song where... It's the Rose Petals song from Drag Race. The next it? clue number four is Rose Petals. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to take off the headphones and sing it. So emotional. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the beautiful. Pressure. See, that's why I didn't want to give you. I wanted and you the, the, the glory of getting I, there on you know, your own. You know, I always say, like, you know, like when you like hear people on the radio and they they absolutely mess up a, a, a quiz. Yeah. The pressure is insane. <laughs> I sing that song every day. It was. I'm sure that year it was my number one on Spotify. Absolutely, and I it couldn't would think of the name of it there for ages. But anyway, before we listen to, listen to Whitney, God, before we a, thank we... God I have a mark on that. Thank God I've got a point. I would have been absolutely, I would have been disowned by my own community. You would have a hundred percent. But before we sail off into the night with the, uh, the 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 tuneful vocals of Miss Whitney Houston on "So Emotional," it's just time for us to say thank you so much for listening to Curiosity. It's thank been wonderful. So, thank you so much, everyone. 